He is the way and the truth and the life. We have to die in order to live. Good morning, Father. Good morning, John Ray. How are we doing this day? Uh, actually, awesome. Uh, yes, last night I ate like a kind of a power meal. You know how like some meals they just give you energy. And then other meals, they kind of make you sluggish and want to take a nap. Well, I woke up fully awake at like 1.45 and still wide awake. Interesting. Uh, look, trust me when I say this is not the norm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I, feel, I feel great. Uh, I woke up at 6 and I'm still tired. Yeah, in the afternoon, it's going to hit me hard. But uh, right now, feeling great. I think I'm tired because I didn't drink a lot of water yesterday. Mm. It's amazing how little things matter, right? Yeah, no, big time on water and coffee. Yeah, yes. So what'd you eat? Uh, well, we, uh, well, Father Brady, we had that. We had a watch party for the Ole Miss game, so he wanted me to cook some steaks. Mm. So you know, kind of that high protein, uh, low carb or no carb uh, thing. And so, and this kind of is becoming more popular, like this all protein diet. Okay, uh, we're not doing it, but the, the benefits of that is that you have incredible energy. Kind of throughout so if yeah and i could feel that <laughs> i like it um we ate the exact opposite last night we a salad uh, no um i mean there was a salad yeah i did not partake in the salad because it had tomatoes like i love vegetables right and i love grown tomatoes and i wish that i love tomatoes i'll try them every now and then mm-hmm. um fun side note um it was probably about um, uh, almost 10 years ago that I started eating salads, right? Um, it was um, one summer at Life Teens convention. Um, I, I, was there, I was there early <laughs> as we had our area contact gathering and I sat down that night and, um, you know, normally they offer you a salad and when we sat down at the table, there was a salad. Like there was no offer, it was yeah. just there. And that morning, Pope Francis tweeted, when we uh, waste food, we steal from the mouths of the poor. Yeah. And in that moment of my life, I hated Pope Francis. <laughs> <laughs> and then I learned that I love salads. Yeah, and then and then you went back to loving them again. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we had crawfish etouffee last night. High uh, carb. Yeah, high carb. Did yep. you make me take a nap? Yep. So... Um, all right, what are we talking about today? Yeah, 37. <laughs> now that we got <laughs> that 37. Now that we got it out the way. Uh, so a few th- kind of uh, we were just talking um, you know, this week is a, a number a few things are kind of happening that uh, maybe people aren't aware of, but this past weekend we had a uh, a letter from our bishop, Bishop Desatel, kind of instituting this what I would call like this year of the Eucharist um, on a national level the bishops have seen uh, a significant decrease in devotion to the Eucharist. And so they've been praying about this for a number of years. And so they've been trying to educate more, increase devotion more. And because of this lack of devotion or lack of belief in the Eucharist, the bishops finally came out and said, okay, we're going to do a three-year devotional to the Eucharist. And so this first year is on a parish level. Uh, The second year will be on a diocesan level. And the third year on a national level, as as best as I could decipher it. Um, And so this, with this Corpus Christi, the weekend, Corpus Christi, the body of Christ in Latin, uh, the celebratory uh, celebration and remembrance it's a of solemnity. Mm-hmm, the solemnity of Corpus Christi. Um, it's, it's a remembrance of Christ when he instituted the body and blood. Uh, 
under the forms of bread and wine uh, in the sacrament of the Eucharist. And so um, our bishop had, wrote a letter for our diocese. Actually, someone that was very popular with that was St. Pius X. St. Pius X, as a bishop, would write pretty often <laughs> letters to his diocese that would be read at the masses. And so it kind of reading a biography of his, it seems like he did it every weekend. <laughs> I remember when they would play the cassette tape of the bishop reading his letter. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. You, do you know what a cassette tape is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I mean, I, I know yeah. you're still a kid. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that, no, I didn't know they did that. Oh uh, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, but I think we graduated at one point to DV, uh, to, to CDs. And, right? and then we learned that priests can read. <laughs> <laughs> I know we had gone to video for BSA for a little while. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the bishop wrote this letter to the diocese, just kind of uh, letting everyone know that we're going to begin this year of the Eucharist, uh, where we're going to try to increase devotion to the Eucharist on a parish level. Now, priest, we received kind of a personalized letter from the bishop, and he offered a number of devotionals and stuff like that, uh, which consequently, you know, me and Father Brady, we do that, or we do pretty much everything already at St. Pius, you know, we're, we're a very active parish, especially uh, in devotion to the Eucharist, and so I'm kind of praying with Father Brady, you know, about what this can mean for us, because we still, we're still called to increase devotion to the Eucharist, to try to get more participation in the many devotionals that we do. We should just add more masses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're a discerning priesthood, join, join today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just more masses. Uh, no. Uh, but so, yeah, we're, we're kind of praying about what that can mean. And we have a few ideas on how we could increase the devotion or increase participation in things that we already do and maybe add a few things more. I know last week we talked about uh, some talks that can be given uh, that uh, that I could give on the Eucharist Reflections. Um, Wait, so we're going to do a Eucharistic series in the fall, not in the homilies? No. In addition to our series on Revelation, and isn't there another one we're doing? There was, there's one I want to do on scripture and the one that I want to do on, uh, the three modes of teaching, like, so the tradition, the magisterium and then scripture. Uh, yeah, there's all types of stuff. But the thing is like a priest once told me, he said, father, there's just so much to say and you only have 50 years to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, uh, it kind of grows as a marathon, not a well, sprint. I mean, but here at St. Pius, you, you you likely have only three years to say it. That's so true. That's true. Get to talking, Chef. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, it's kind of one thing we're excited about for Leon Packer when it's finished. We could have these things uh, in there. We could do them in the PLC, the Parish Life Center. But it'd be, it'd be pretty nice to have them in the Leon Packer. Just get everyone acquainted with the new building, the old church. Hmm. I wonder if I need to equip Leon Packer with a TV studio. That's above my pay grade. Mm. Whatever the Holy Spirit moves you to. Yep. And our and our budget. <laughs> it's not surprisingly not expensive. And I'm sure that if we asked, we could probably get some benefactors. Oh, yeah. Right, family? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Whoever's <laughs> led the throughout three listeners, huh? Yeah. Uh, and so with we're gonna pass a virtual collection. <laughs> Is <laughs> uh, it uh, Venmo? Yep. And so, yeah. So with this year, the Eucharist, the, uh, we had it, kind of started it um, this past Sunday, and so be on the lookout on what we can be able to do for this year 
this year the Eucharist on a parish level. That we're going to just try to increase more devotion to the Eucharist, a deeper adoration. That when you receive communion, you truly, in your soul, are moved because you're receiving the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, God Himself, uh, Jesus Christ, underneath the form of bread and wine. And so uh, there was that. And then also, on a different note, uh, today, or yet, yet, yet on Tuesday, July the 21st, the feast of St. Aloysius Gonzaga, mm. the Diocese of Lafayette began what's known as the Quo Vadis Days. Quo Vadis Days is three days that we dedicate to um, young men discerning the priesthood. It's not, there's no formal commitments or anything. It's just that have, has the priesthood come up in your prayer? Do you think you might be called to the priesthood? The Quovadis days is three days set aside at the community of Jesus Crucified in St. Martinville where all of these young men across the diocese comes together and they just hang out. Do they, they have to be young? Typically they are. Sure. Right, typically. And if you're a single man who is older in life and, and, and maybe oh, you feel a call to the priesthood, for sure. it's never too late. Yeah. like that, that was my point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I went to seminary with guys in our Diocese of Lafayette that were over 40, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, look at our old pastor. Well, yeah, Father Brady. Father Brady, I don't know what time he, what, uh, how old he joined. He's been a pastor. He's been a priest for 15 years. 15 years, so yeah. he joined... He, know, he, he, was, he was late 30s. He, he was probably in his 40s. Okay. Because yeah. he's like 55 now. Well, look, I've, I've been in seminary with guys in their 50s, 60s for sure. Yep. Uh, so, but these Corvados days are kind of geared toward you experiencing in a very short way, in a very kind of mediated way, the life of a seminarian. Like you're going to hang out with other seminarians. You're going to hang out with priests around our diocese. You're going to have talks. You're going to uh, pray with us. It's kind of have mass with us. It's going to, and so it's kind of How do you kind of have mass? Well, so we celebrate and you're just attending con congregation. So kind of, kind of have mass no, no, like no, no. a priest. That's not how it works. <laughs> kind of have mass that. like a priest. Words are important, Father. Yeah. Yeah. That's my Scott. <laughs> so uh, it still comes out. So the Corvati's days kind of gear it toward uh, men discerning the priesthood that want to take a, a small step forward. It's nothing that's in writing or like you're joining seminary that day or anything like that. Uh, or even next week unless you want but it is a way to kind of concretely step forward it's like okay is this for me it's like if a guy and a girl they start to like each other they go on what a first date huh? they go on a first date or they begin um, to text each other whatever huh this is kind of that first step with it huh doesn't mean you're getting married right uh, doesn't mean there's going to be a second date but it, it does mean that there, there might be something there there's an intimacy uh with Jesus in your heart over the priesthood and so you're just kind of seeing what it is and um, one of the talks I'll be giving uh, I'll, I'll give the talk on uh, intimacy with Jesus and Mary in the priesthood like we're all called to be saints and to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect but within priesthood it's a very uh, unique uh, way that that's lived out uh, and pursued and so and how does Jesus and Mary work its way through that and just a Further clarify, going to the seminary is not a commitment to be, 
becoming a priest, right? Yeah. Going to the seminary is a time of undistracted discernment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. As uh, going to the seminary, look, I, I joined with a number of guys. I think I, in my class originally, I had thirty, and of that thirty, eight years later, three of us were ordained. Right, and that doesn't mean that those twenty-seven were committing a sin when they left the seminary or something like that. No, it just they legitimately discerned, and they legitimately found saw that okay, priesthood is not for me. Married life is. That's fantastic. Go get married, have a ton of kids, uh, raise them all in the church. That's beautiful. Um, But to discern and to actually let God have a voice in your life, if you feel like He's calling you to that, that's a beautiful thing. It's a courageous thing. But uh, do not be afraid. That was the famous words of St. John Paul II. And the Eucharist is um, a great way in front of the Eucharist, in front of our Lord and his Eucharistic presence is a great way to discern anything, a vocation to the seminary, Mm -hmm. a vocation to marriage, a big decision in your life, a small decision in your life. Um, We're one of a handful of parishes in our diocese that has a Eucharistic adoration chapel. It used to be perpetual, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. COVID changed a lot of that. and though, though, so now uh, Monday through most days it's open six a.m. to to ten p.m. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at our website. If you go to our website and go to pray adoration on the adoration page, there is a list of uh, highlighted hours. They're highlighted in yellow. Um, and those are indications that we need another adorer. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we don't have any red ones. A red would indicate that that um, no one's there. No one's there at that time. I know that there are conversations being had about maybe becoming a perpetual um, Eucharistic adoration uh, parish again, where we have adoration 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I would invite you to maybe discern um, committing to an hour with our Lord and, and going every week and spending an hour in front of our Lord um, exposed in the monstrance in his Eucharistic presence. Yeah. As I call it getting a suntan. Mm. You say you just sit in front of the sun uh, and he just changes your life. And uh, my, my mom used to say growing up, um, it's okay if you don't believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist. She said, you can sit in front of a nuclear radiation plant and not believe that it's going to give you cancer and you'll still get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, especially if you have doubts of our Lord's presence in the mm-hmm. Eucharist, I would encourage you to, um, I would encourage you to, um, commit to that hour and ask him to reveal himself to you and decrease, increase your devotion. Absolutely. And that's a good way that we can live out this Eucharistic year for the parish. Not looking on like a a big level, like what can we do? No, on a very personal level, how can I grow in devotion to the Eucharist? That's what I want everyone in our parish to ask. Not on a big level, but on a very personal, intimate level, what can I do Hmm. to grow in devotion to the Eucharist? Awesome. Well, um, so just to recap. Spend some time discerning in your life, especially if you're a young man, is the Lord calling you to priesthood and figure out this year, you know, be on the lookout, whether it's committing to an hour a week in our, in our adoration chapel, or maybe it's coming to a daily mass if you don't attend, but how can you increase your devotion to the Eucharist? 
All right. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like us or follow us on your podcast listener of choice. If this episode has blessed you, share it with a friend and we'll see you this weekend. God bless. God bless.